health naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. We're going to talk about licorice a little bit later on, but because we've got two wonderful people who've rung in with some questions, we're going to find out what's on their minds. So Sandra, first of all, from Ellamore Vale, you rang in on 49216216 and it's your fingernails. Yes, it is. Hello, Uh, Sandra. Hello, Dennis. Um, I have a problem with my fingernails, Mm -hmm. so I'm losing them. Okay. And I've got them, I have to file them back virtually down to the, as far as they'll go. Okay. And the top layer seems to split off and the thumb ones, they've got a, they've got ridges and Mm -hmm. one of them's got, you know, a split right down one of the ridges. Okay. Now... Fingernails, of course, can reflect a lot of what's going on in our body nutritionally, and they can also indicate um, certain diseases that may be occurring, particularly relative to the skin. For instance, uh, the skin condition known as psoriasis frequently asserts itself uh, around the fingernails. But from what you're saying, your condition is more that of just deterioration in the actual calibre, the strength, the the fibre of the nails. Would that be correct? Well, probably yeah. There's no, there's no history there of any, um, of any infection. Um, No, but I had a um, a skin condition, a very rare one, Mm -hmm. called benign familial pemphigus. So whether that's got anything to do? Are you on any um, uh, immunosuppressant medication or anything like that? I'm on drugs for epilepsy and a heart tablet. Okay. Look, I don't think they would be. Uh, implicated in the um, nail condition, but it's always wise uh, for some with something like this not to treat it trivially. Um, and sometimes medication uh, can reflect itself on the skin, uh, even hair and fingernails. It wouldn't be a bad idea just to have a talk with your GP or your pharmacist just to rule out any connection between those. I'm right. sure I'm sure there isn't any connection, but I always encourage my patients and listeners uh, to discuss the medication they may be taking with their pharmacist or doctor uh, because frequently uh, conditions uh, can arise from what we're taking. In your case, I suspect not. Now, I'm going to say something that might sound rather simple, but if if persevered with, it's given me some of my best results with patients that uh, have had this condition. Now, the mineral known as silica in in a particular form has been the basis of my helping people with this condition for many years. Now, I'll explain when I said a particular form what I'm talking about. There are a bracket of minerals uh, manufactured and made famous by Blackmores known as celloids, C-E-L-L-O-I-D-S. Now, celloids were developed by the founder of Blackmores, Morris Blackmore, many years ago, and it was a very successful system of therapy which still exists and many natural therapists such as myself still use what are called the celloids which are minerals uh, relative to minerals that exist in the body normally but whose deficiency it is argued can cause these sorts of conditions. Now a celloid known as S79. Now I know that sounds a little bit esoteric and left field but what it is (laughs) is essentially a code uh, for practitioners who use who use the literature that is, in other words, it's a preparation of silica in a celloid form. It's very inexpensive. 
it's only read, it's only readily available from what might be called practitioners, that is, people that use the system. Now, I'm not saying it's the only form of silica that would help you. It's just that in my practice, I use the celloids, and I've had good results okay. over well, the years probably using, be best... using S79, as we call it. Okay, I'd probably be best to come and get it off you now, then. The other thing about, I'll, I'll go back on what I said. The good thing about it is, Sandra, is that it is inexpensive. Yes. And I might, I might uh, voice my concern here that many uh, natural products that are in the marketplace unfortunately becoming so wretchedly expensive that ordin- yes. ordinary people can't afford them. It wasn't like that when I started, and I'm worried about this acceleration of cost of natural product. Companies may have to address the issue, but fortunately uh, silica is an inexpensive substance, and um, utilising it in your case could help. But remember, mm-hmm. this condition has taken a while to develop. Don't expect it to retreat overnight. Oh, okay then, that's fine. Mm. I'm willing to try anything Give it a go. that's natural. I mean, my hair's really good, and yep. you know that's why I was wondering about my nails. Well, n- n- hair and nails seemingly have some connection. Yeah. But um, you've you got a good starting base. If you've got a good head of hair, which is more than what I can say, um, you should do all right with silica. You might, you might see your fingernails nearly as good as what you're doing with your hair. Excellent. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks for your call, Sandra. Fred, thank you for waiting. And you've rung in from Cessnock and fibromyalgia is giving you a bit of a, a problem, is it? It was not giving me a problem. It was giving my wife a bit of a hard time and... Mm. Um, just like to speak to Dennis about that, and um, yeah, she's also coupled it up with a uh, tachycardia. So, mm-hmm. yeah. well, tachycardia, of course, <coughs> is a medical condition, and she's probably being uh, well managed by our good doctors up there. But with reference to fibromyalgia, Fred, is your wife uh, still on prednisone for it? Um, no, she's not. There, there lies the other problem. Um, I, most of the Medication she's being prescribed, she seems to be having reactions to. Okay, okay. So I uh, spoke to her the other day and I said, about we bring up this um, program and um, okay. see if there's, if there's some sort of herbal product? Okay. Now, it's definitely been diagnosed as fibromyalgia? Absolutely, yes. Okay, because sometimes that condition is managed with steroid. And, um, and progressively lowering the dose sometimes sees the condition itself resolve. But some people uh, don't respond uh, to that treatment or can't handle it. I'll make a few suggestions, Fred, which, yep. uh, which are easily accessed. And what I'm talking about, the, um, the product could easily be procured from Bowen's Natural Therapy Centres in Cumberland Street, just up from Goldman's. Uh, you're, yep. a, you're a Cessna guy, you know what I'm talking about yep. there. Yep. Um, what I'd, what I'd suggest you do is, first of all, um, go and get what's called some Astragalus 8. Now, that comes in a tableted form, and Astragalus 8 is used in our profession to address conditions that are usually associated with things like uh, chronic fatigue, uh, chronic viral infections, run-down states, and associated inflammatory conditions. So it's a useful support for the body's immunity in its own production of anti-inflammatory substances. So use that as a start, the astragalus 8, but secondarily, as far as symptom management goes, to give her a bit of relief from some of the discomfort, um, most of us these days are using preparations of curcumin. I'll spell it for you, C-U-R-C-U-M-I-N, curcumin. Now that is an extract of turmeric, 
and you get some good results, um, in particularly in chronic conditions. It's not useful for, for acute inflammatory conditions, but for chronic, lingering, irritable, painful conditions, such as fibromyalgia, um, it, it should be a good starting base. So astragalus 8 and a preparation of curcumin, go up to Bowen's, they know what I'm talking about there, and they'll be able to help you. Uh, for the sake of listeners, fibromyalgia is a painful condition uh, that affects all the muscles. And um, myalgia basically means muscle pain, and fibromyalgia means multiple muscle pains. And uh, it, I found that it's mainly associated with people that have gone through some sort of health crisis uh, or who have, had, have contracted a viral infection, Epstein-Barr virus or something like that. But what I'm talking about is a useful starting base, Fred, and it shouldn't clash with what your dear wife is taking. Okay, thank you very much. I'll um, mention that to her and she can chat with her GP about it. That would be a good idea, an excellent and, uh, idea. We'll get it from there. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Dennis. I appreciate your time. Pleasure. Thank you, Fred, for your call. And you too can get your question through to Dennis Stewart today, 49216216 for Health Naturally. Uh, Dennis, you did start off saying we'd talk a little bit about licorice, Mm, mm. um, or licorice, of course, whichever you want to call it. The reason I, I thought we'd take that topic up again was you might recollect last week on the program a, a gentleman rang in and um, congratulated us on the use or his use of my GA cream. I was quick to point out that his psoriasis condition uh, would have been treated with what's called the GA compound cream. And we had a lot of people uh, subsequently ringing up and coming to the dispensary asking for the GA cream. And I thought I'd explain to listeners that um, psoriasis, which is an intractable and stubborn and chronic skin condition, difficult to treat medically and and, and even naturopathically, it does well with a cream that's based on licorice, but which is also supported by a little bit of pine tar. So the cream that we spoke about was what is known in the practice as the GA complex cream, which incorporates an extract of licorice known as glycotinic acid. GA stands for glycotinic acid, or sometimes known as glycorrhizin. Now, listeners might be a little bit overwhelmed by that, but don't be. What it essentially means is that the common herb licorice, well known to all of us, is a potent medicinal herb that contains chemical constituents which have significant anti-inflammatory characteristics. And hence, on the skin, a licorice-based ointments and creams are popularly used to address particularly chronic skin conditions. It's not a cortisone, although it can um, it can frequently uh, come in after a patient has been using steroid creams. It can frequently come in and take over when the condition has subsided from its chronic uh, condition. So licorice is more than just something that you eat occasionally. In my scheme of things, it would be one of the most important, certainly in, in the top ten of medicinal herbs would come licorice. And 30 years ago, reading some old British dermatological journals, I stumbled across uh, the formulations for the uh, GA creams, GA compound cream for psoriasis and the ordinary GA cream, which has built my practice in its ability to address chronic eczema and dermatitis. And as far as I'm aware, Jane, at that stage, no one, No one, and I stand contradiction, no one in this country, and I suspect not in Britain, 
um, was using uh, preparations based on glycolytic acid. These were old uh, dermatology papers, and uh, the advent of steroid creams pushed a lot of the older remedies into the background and to an extent smothered the interest in preparations based on licorice. Listeners should know that licorice is a medicinal herb and is a potent agent for addressing chronic inflammatory conditions such as eczema and dermatitis and brilliant when combined in the GA complex cream with a little bit of pine tar in addressing that wretched condition known as psoriasis. So for listeners out there that are battling and who want to see if they can drift away or try something other than steroid topicals and some of the stronger stuff for psoriasis, remember the ordinary GA cream based on the extract of licorice, dermatitis and eczema, the GA complex cream based on the extract of licorice with a little bit of pine tar. They're the two pillars of most of my skin management. We'll talk in a moment, if you like, about the way in licorice is also used when it's taken orally and gives some precautions about the use of licorice. Now, we're talking about licorice, mm. Dennis, as well, and um, I suppose now's the time to ask, is there much of the herb licorice in licorice the sweets that <laughs> well, we look, can... Well, <laughs> look, uh, uh, many preparations uh, out there that we uh, eat as licorice uh, are probably... Uh, preparations that don't include licorice but are flavoured with things like aniseed. Having said that, there are natural licorice preparations in the marketplace which are based on the herb licorice and that is fine, that is fine. But, but, what listeners need to appreciate is that licorice, when eaten as pure licorice, if one eats too much of it, a number of things can go wrong and this is well known. Licorice, if eaten in large quantities, or licorice, if taken as a medicine in large quantities, it can cause a retention of sodium in the body, a depletion of potassium, and it can lead, therefore, to an elevation of blood pressure. And not always is this picked up, but there's adequate papers in the medical literature uh, confirming the fact that an indiscreet, almost addictive addictive eating of licorice <laughs> and addictive eating of licorice. And look, I know people that uh, would boast about how much licorice they would eat. Um, I could talk about the consequences on the gastrointestinal tract, but I won't. But uh, the, uh, they fail to realise that ingesting large amounts, abnormally large amounts of licorice can cause hypertension. I throw that in because the occasional enjoyable use of licorice candy is not going to affect anyone but be aware, I said earlier, licorice is a potent medicinal substance. If one uses too much of it, one runs the risk of upsetting the sodium-potassium balance in the body and precipitating something like hypertension. Ah, there's a bit of a sigh of relief going on, though. We are allowed <laughs> little if we want it. So 49216216 is the number for your question. Julia's rung in from Caves Beach. Uh, now, are these two related, Julia, rheumatoid arthritis and high cholesterol for you? Well, that's what I really want to know mm -hmm. um, because um, rheumatoid arthritis is inflammatory. That's correct. And um, my cholesterol was low and I have been on disease-modifying drugs, interleukin yes. um, drugs and yes. infusion. Yes. Prior to that, they were injections that I was having. Yes. But my cholesterol reading um, went up dramatically. 
Um, and I don't wish to take... Um, statins? Statins. Okay. Look, have you discussed this? Um, by the way, sometimes statins are absolutely necessary. I'm not speaking disparagingly about them there. Mm -hmm. I just have a view at times that perhaps they're too frequently prescribed uh, when other things perhaps should be tried first. Um, have you discussed this emergence of your high cholesterol level with the GP or rheumatologist? Yes, yes, and they both recommended um, a statin drug. Have they seen any connection, however, between the medication that you are using for your rheumatoid arthritis and the emergence of this? Yes. They have? Yes. Okay. And, um, but it just seems like when my inflammatory markers are down, yes. um, the, what they've explained to me is that the um, uh, cholesterol's gone up. Mm -hmm. But when I've had a high marker of inflammatory, mm -hmm. it was lower. Okay. But I'm thinking that I don't, ha I had a, I don't have a lot of um, plaque. Yes. Um, that I know I had a test on my neck. Yes. Um, there's no urgency there. Yes. But it's what breaks away that yes. they worry about. But I'm wondering, is there something else? Because there are terrible side effects with that mm. um, drug. What I, what I would suggest you do is mm -hmm. um, discuss with your GP initially uh, your concerns about statins because I share some of your concerns, acknowledging, however, that sometimes statins are necessary. But um, discuss with your GP if um, it would be worthwhile giving you a try on a prescription medication known as Ezetrol. E-Z-E-T-R-O-L. Right. Now, Ezetrol is frequently prescribed for people that can't tolerate statins, and many people can't mm -hmm. tolerate those brackets of drugs known as statins. They get the, yes. sometimes get the muscle pain, mm -hmm. short-term memory loss, all mm -hmm. those sorts of things that are well documented yes. in, in the literature. Mention yes. that to your GP at the, yes. sa at the same time, at the same time, um, there are substances that he would know of and your pharmacist would know of and naturopaths would know of known as phytosterols. Now, phytosterols. Uh, jot, jot that down, P-H-Y-T-O, phyto meaning plant, and sterols, S-T-E-R-O-L-S. Now, phytosterols have good literature behind them and what they, I'll, I'll be simple in saying that what they do is lessen the reabsorption of cholesterol. That is, they inhibit the absorption, if you like, of, of cholesterol or, or bile salts across the bowel wall and as such contribute to a, to a progressive mild lessening of mm -hmm. your cholesterol level. So mm -hmm. it, they would work well, I suspect, with the azotrol. Run that past your doctor. And the other thing also keep in mind is that um, uh, cholesterol can be assisted by certain fibres and if you are using something like um, psyllium in the form of, say, metamucil mm -hmm. uh, or slippery elm, there is an adequate literature to suggest that soluble fibre regularly taken as a medication contributes also to a useful mild reduction in your cholesterol level. So right. in my view, those three things should be discussed with your GP, particularly mm. if you express your concern. Obviously, mm. you're an intelligent woman and you have concern about what uh, mm. you're, you're doing, and I think that's great. I've always advocated uh, yeah. people uh, need to know what's happening. They need to discuss the ins and outs of their treatment. The, mm. in, the intelligent medical consumer 
mm. is a medical consumer, in my way of thinking, is in front of the game. So mm. I'd look at those three things, soluble fibre taken regularly, easily procured, say, in the form of something like metamucil or psyllium hulls, something like the phytosterols, which are readily available, again, in various preparations, and um, discuss Ezetrol with your GP. Thanks for your call, Julia. And we'll move on to Abermain, 49216216, being the number to get your question through. And Dennis, it's Dennis, and Dennis has spurs on his heels. Hello, Dennis. Hello. Um, I've got a big problem with spurs mm-hmm. on my heels. I've had them operated on yes. once, yes. and uh, they actually cut through my Achilles tendon, and now they're growing back again. They're about an inch and a half long. Mm-hmm. And someone mentioned that uh, silica may help in the stop of the growth of... Okay. Uh, Dennis, what, what I will say is this. this is, what I'm going to say is not to be interpreted as a guaranteed or a cure-all approach to this condition. Right. But um, what I can honestly say, and I mean that, what I can honestly say is that in the many years that I have been practising, I know numerous people that would have taken this little treatment that I'm going to mention and he'll come back to bless me. Some of my, I've said before, some of my uh, greater cynics have in fact uh, come on side as a result of addressing their spurs with two simple little celloid preparations. I spoke about celloids earlier. They are a Blackmore's uh, mineral product, which I have worked with in my clinics for all my life. I'm a great fan of Blackmore's products, but particularly the celloids. Now, there are two celloids. One is a silica-based product, which I spoke about earlier, called S79. Right. Now, it uh, is ideally taken in conjunction with a synergist known as SP96, sodium phosphate. Right. Now, the two put together seem to work well, and there is an explanation in the Blackmore's literature as to why sodium phosphate functions as a synergist with many of the celloids to get them to work more effectively. Now, the thing about using this approach is uh, not everyone will get a benefit. Right. But many people do. Uh, The other thing about it is if you were to read the literature that I worked from, what I call the Blackmore's Brown Book, written by Morris Blackmore, practitioners out there would relate to that, the Brown Book that was actually written by Morris Blackmore, there is a statement there which is very important, that in the use of the celloids, and in particularly addressing a condition like this, one must work with the treatment for at least six months. At least six months. Anything less than that, even if you get a little bit of relief from the discomfort of spurs, Blackmore encourages you to, to stay with the treatment for six months to get what he calls a permanent resolution. Right. Now, I've seen that work. I have seen that work. And therefore, I can confidently recommend that um, you go up to Bowen's Natural Therapy Centre in in, um, Cumberland Street, Cessnock, um, see the practitioner there. They know what I'm talking about. These things also, as I said earlier, are not horrendously expensive. They're economical. And the good thing about them is being minerals, they're unlikely to clash with any medication you might be on from your doctor. So that's what I'd suggest you do. Perseverance, use S79, SP96, take them in the stipulated dosage, give yourself a chance to see if those two things will do the job. If you get a hint early in the treatment 
of a reduction in discomfort, it would, in my opinion, mean that you're on the right track. Right, thank you. Yeah, okay. Hopefully that'll help. Well, you've got everything to gain and nothing to lose. Yes, very good luck with it as well. As good management, Dennis. And 49216216 is the number for you to get your question through. Now, we've been talking a little bit um, perhaps earlier about Mm. herbs and um, how grandmothers or great-grandmothers used all sorts of um, things and just Mm. took it for granted. Something else from the olden days, the Mm. Catalina, Dennis, do Uh you... Does that bring back a little bit of romance? In fact, I can remember the Catalinas. That tells your listeners how old I am. But I can remember the Catalinas and um, uh, a remarkable um, aeroplane. In fact, listeners probably don't realise this, but they were in service for many, many years flying back and forth to Lord Howe Island. And when I was practising as an engineer in Sydney, I was 22 floors above the Sydney Harbour in the State Office Block. I had the best view in Australia, by the way, Jane. I was being paid well for that too. But we would ritualistically see the Catalina come in and land on Sydney Harbour and see the Catalina go up to the bridge and get its revs up and then take off towards the heads. It was a magnificent sight. I'm sad that they stopped using them. I'm a great fan of the Catalina. We have Chris who's rung in from Nora Head and a stomach condition is on your mind, Chris, is it? Yeah, Jane, how are you? Hello, Dennis. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? Not too bad. Um, yeah, I, I was overseas and I come back and I've had this stomach condition and, and it's been diagnosed as blastocystis. Yes. And I've had four different uh, treatments of antibiotics. Yes. And it, it's always there. And I know I'm sort of down on energy and, um, yeah, the stools are not quite right. Okay. And uh, also loss of weight. Yes. So, They've given up on the antibiotics and saying, you yes. know, it's just something most people have and you've yes. just got to learn to live with it. But I, it just doesn't feel right, you know. Like okay. I know I'll, I'll change. Sure. Look, what I'd suggest is that you contemplate using a, a couple of herbs that have a significant antimicrobial effect in the gut and, yeah. and, and, are, and are used for dealing with these lingering um, conditions like lingering barley belly symptoms or many of the gut conditions that we tend to get when we go overseas that yep. um, the pathologies there and the, the logical treatment is prescribed but not always is there a good resolution the first thing i'd suggest you do is go to your health food store and get what are called garlic pearls yeah now garlic these, pearl. this is essentially a simple preparation of garlic oil encapsulated in a in a, um, in a in a capsule in encapsulated form, um, if you use garlic that way, it reaches uh, the large bowel relatively intact, and there it can set up a useful antimicrobial, antibacterial, antifungal condition, which I found over the years is useful for addressing such chronic lingering symptoms. Also, what I suggest you do, um, there is a herb called barberry, B-A-R-B-E-R-R-Y, barberry, which shares great similarity with the American herb golden seal. Either either one of those herbs contains an alkaloid called berberine. Now, berberine is well known for its uh, antimicrobial effects all throughout the gastrointestinal tract. It is is popularly popularly used to address chronic episodes of uh, diverticulitis, any lingering infections in the gut have always been treated uh, by traditional medicine practitioners with herbs containing the berberine alkaloid, golden seal or barberry. 
and oh, and, and the uh, the final thing I would say is, for all of these irritable uh, type of gut conditions, always bring into your management a soluble form of fibre, something right. like something like slippery elm, uh, metamucil, something that causes uh, the stools to be better formed, um, yep. to regulate transit time, and to have a soothing effect on the gut wall. I think if you did those three things. I think you'd get a better result than where you're presently at, and that's not an expensive treatment. Good on you, Dennis. I'll give that a go and see, 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 how, see how you go. Because taking antibiotics doesn't do your gut any good either, does no. it? And I presume, I presume you've taken some uh, uh, acidophilus and some probiotics subsequent to the antibiotics, have you? Yeah, okay, yeah but those, that doesn't seem to no. help a lot. It's, it's, anyway, it's useful, it. it's useful, but it won't, uh, in my experience, do the job that this threefold treatment that I've spoken about will. And good luck with that, Chris. Um, Robert has rung in from Patterson. Q10 tablets. Now, presumably you've had some problems with your muscles after those, Robert. Is that right? No, I've um, had a problem with muscle aches yes. after taking statins. Correct. Which, which, by the uh, way, I should point out to listeners, Robert, that, that's, that that is not an uncommon side effect yep. with statins. It's uh, one of the downsides to statins, the fact that the muscles can... Uh, be affected sometimes quite seriously. Yeah, um, and it's been suggested that those uh, Q10 complex tablets okay. um, would assist in okay. Look, my, relieving it. I, I think that's a little bit simplistic. What I would say is this: coenzyme Q10, in yeah. my in my opinion, should be a necessary companion. This is an opinion. Should be a necessary companion to add any statin medication. And in, right. in parts of the world now, um, I understand in Canada, for instance, I stand to be corrected, but I understand this is so, uh, a prescribing GP uh, would also recommend the use of coenzyme Q10 because uh, apparently uh, statins have the effect of depleting that important enzyme, also known as ubiquinone, um, from our body. And it depletes well enough as we get older but the statins um, seem to encourage a further reduction in its level, which may, of course, then contribute uh, to such conditions as this and others. I, I would say it would be uh, uh, stretching the bow a, bit, a little bit too much to say that by taking 150 or 300 mg's of coenzyme, uh, Q10, you'll overcome the muscle discomfort. But if you're on a statin, I would suggest that, that you take it in any case. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks very much. Thank you, Robert. Thanks, Robert, for your call. We've got time perhaps for just one more quick call, 49216216, or in the meantime, we'll um, take a look at licorice again. Well, it's not a bad topic to finish on, actually. Um, Licorice, we mentioned earlier, had multiple benefits. When taken orally, it has a remarkable effect on particular the inflamed gut, the upper gut in particular, and listeners might be fascinated to know that licorice as an extract or as a powder or as an encapsulated preparation taken in correct dosage, and I emphasise in correct dosage, can have a remarkable healing and soothing effect on the ulcerated or inflamed gut wall. In fact, uh, there's a whole story about how licorice came into fame. It was made famous during the Second World War when a Dr Reavers a Dutch physician, noticed that many of his patients were getting better who had um, 
inflammatory conditions such as ulcers, they were getting better by using a potion prescribed by a local pharmacist. And he took note of this, and um, he found out that the preparation that the pharmacist was prescribing so successfully for peptic ulcers was in fact based on licorice. And that led to a whole scientific investigation of the herb to find that licorice is not only useful as a topical application for eczema and psoriasis, but it has a remarkable effect in promoting healing of ulcers in the stomach and the duodenum. So uh, I'm not suggesting that people give up their medication that their doctor has prescribed, far from it. But licorice, in my opinion, could be a lovely appendage to modern medication in healing the gut wall. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Dennis Stewart, and we'll look forward to plumbing your mind again next Friday after the midday news on 2NURFM for Health Naturally. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.